Be sure to check us out on Patreon. There you will find our community with several different tiers of learning. Our Patreon community is all about immersing yourself in the streams, teachings, and the Taya practice with lots of Taya tools and Taya teachings via weekly live video and exclusive coaching sessions at patreon.com. Are sociopaths just born or are they open to such things and their their environment nurtures it? I think environment nurtures everything. Welcome to the Stream of David podcast. I am here today with my favorite evidential psychic medium, Andrea St. Amand. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for having me on. It's good to be here. It's good to see you. Good to see you. You know, we, we, we do this a couple of times a year, but I always try to get you around Halloween because you're a great person to have on because you, you commune with the other side regularly. And uh, yes. not that it's spooky or scary in any way, but people like to think that. But I, I think that it's intriguing. I think that's what's intriguing about Halloween is just simply the idea of what's on the other side. And that's why it's so yeah. interesting to people. It's a mystical, magical time of the year. And this is the time of the year where we really get our sense of wonder up. And I will say when we get that sense of imagination and wonder, our energy goes up. And then we get we're more receptive to inspiration. And when we get inspired, that's when we can more easily connect with our higher selves and with the other side, if you want to call it the other side. I heard something brilliant the other day that I want to drop right here because I'm going to be using it going forward with my own clients and in my own speaking. And I think your listeners will really appreciate this. There's a sense of our conscious minds, which are very limited. Now, of course, we can always be expanding, expanding, expanding our consciousness, and that's the goal. Then we have this idea of our soul, or some people call it the super conscious or whatever you want to call it, but our higher selves, whatever. And the bridge between those two is your imagination. And on that bridge, because the only way we can tap into something that our conscious mind doesn't deal with every single day is through imagination and through mm-hmm your inspiration. And so the, the idea that our soul is always aware of everything, you know, we're tapped into the higher knowledge of everything, but our conscious mind can only handle so much at any given time, but there's that bridge there. And I just love that as a visual, as a concrete. Yeah. I, I love that visual. you said bridge. Cause I, I say all the time that, that your imagination bridges the gap and your imagination is your greatest creative tool. You create totally. via your imagination. So when somebody yeah. says, Oh, that's just in your imagination. Well, everything is. Right. Until That's it the brilliance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everything is. So don't discount your imagination. You know, when I started channeling, I knew there was something coming to me and I knew that I had the ability or I believed I had the ability to share the same way Esther Hicks shares Abraham. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to have this, like allow this magical moment because Esther always talks about how they almost got in this wreck and through this, the, the excitement of this car accident, Abraham started flowing. And I thought, well, where's my moment? You know, I don't want to have a car wreck, but you know, where's my moment that this is going to step forward? And then it came to me that I needed to create it, Mm -hmm. that that wasn't necessarily my path. That's her story. What's your story going to be was was the question that came to me. And use your imagination to create it. And I thought, well, then it's fake, right? You know, no, no, no. Use your imagination to create it and then it will be. And I think you already know the story. What happened is I used my imagination to allow it to flow and create this persona that we call the stream. And then all this insane information came forth that has been proven now to work for people that did not come from me. 
but I use right. my imagination to bridge the gap. So I love that you said that that way, because that's exactly how I feel about it. We're so connected. That's yeah. why I love having you. On. <laughs> you used your imagination to build your bridge, your own bridge. Because yeah. everybody else, everybody's going to have a different bridge or whatever, a hot air balloon, whatever it is that's going to bridge that gap for you. A, a common question I get with people wanting to connect with their own loved ones who've passed over. And they're like, why can't I just pop on the bridge? Why can't I just go into meditation and there's who I want to talk to? And I would say that a lot of times that when we're, and I know you use this term when you're down your spiral. So if you're really in grief or sadness where you need to be, you know, you might need to go through these emotions. You might not have access to deep inspiration and that imagine it, the energy it requires to go across that bridge. Now, other people, when they're in times of deep despair and grief, their energy, actually, they do have that impetus for the inspiration they connect in. Everybody's just a little different there. But if you yeah, just I always say when you're down your spiral, you're rooted more in ego, which is not bad. It's just ego, which is separation from is. the source. And yep. when you're higher in vibration, it's source. I, I've noticed in my lifetime and people that I've interacted with, they see their passed on or crossed over loved ones when they're not looking for it or expecting it. It just happens kind totally. of magically. When you're thinking yes. about something else. Yes. And that's the thing is you take your mind off the topic and then it's already because it's already there. It's always there. Yes. Yes. You're just not allowing it because you're you're looking for it. And when you're looking right. for it, you're you're broadcasting the energy of it's not here. Right. Right. And you get stuck in your head. So yeah. I just got asked to do something literally this this morning. Um, last night and this morning, got asked to do something that will require a great deal of imagination. Um, a seance, so to speak, on Halloween. It is actually going to be a seance um, on Halloween. I think it's going to be incredibly imaginative, but the expectation is to conduct a seance and pull in a very specific, very famous person. Like, wow, that brings up a whole bunch of like mind gremlins for me, right? Because <laughs> first of all, why would this person not be there? But my mind is like, yeah, but who am I to claim that I'm going to like conduct this seance and pull this famous person in and how do I prove that's who I have? So I've already all morning being like, all right, how am I going to dance with this energy, have a great deal of fun with this and yet work with the limitations of my mind and my ability and yet still be open to the miracle of what our souls can do and express and just- yeah, I was going to say your perceived limitations of your mind Perce and your ability. Yes. <laughs> perceived, right? But we yeah. get in our way all the time we do about that. Yeah, that. We, we do do that. We do. That's what our ego is for is to create that. And I think when you drop in vibration and you're in that suffering experience, again, that's, we're not trying to avoid that. That has value because usually that's showing you things. That's, it's revealing right. things to you for sure. Right. So that's well, interesting. I've been, I, I, I've been I don't know if it's going to be that. public. So is uh, this, it's is already it sold out. Event? It's a private oh, that's event. that's cool. Of course, already you are. Sold of course, out. already sold out. Um, I can't wait to like. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I don't know if I can share it till it's after it's over. But um, yeah. But they know. They know. Like they're open for for readings. They're open for somebody's dog to come in for so. And if we also get a visit from from like I said, some somebody pretending to be someone's granddad, but all the evidence actually fits this famous person. Great. <laughs> But that's like, there's a, I just thought this is such an interesting exercise for me to dance through the ego, to dance through an audience's expectations and also play with the energy of the spirit world and what will come through. 
and have so a good I have time a question. I have a question for you, and we've probably talked about this before. But my belief is always that when you return to non-physical, you are your source, your everything. And I know that when people come to you, they are looking for a reading specific to the person that just passed on or has, has been passed on. How do you how do you do that? How do you create that connection to the persona as they know it, and not the wholeness of what they are in non-physical? Um, I let the spirit communicator dictate that for me. Um, and part of, I mean, a lot of this is training, just really experience and training my own mind, my own brain, but I let the spirit communicator dictate how they're going to want to come through to their loved ones. So for instance, somebody might really want to come in and have a, a human, a hu someone still in, incarnate wants to have a very specific person on the other side that they want to talk to. They may or may not get that person because that might not be what they need. You know, it's like, David, you throw a party. You can't go drag in who you want at the party by the hair. You have to send out invitations and who shows up is who's who shows up. But the spirit world, it's need. What is the human need and what is the spirit communicator need? And you get that that bridge. They meet on that bridge through through me, through my bridge. And mm -hmm. I let them talk about what's the one thing that they're going to identify themselves with because that'll be the thing they need to talk about with the human. And that'll be the thing the human needs to hear. So for instance, well, we just know your, we know your dad passed. I'm not giving you reading of your dad necessarily, but let's say your dad came in today. Um, and what the way he identified himself would be, you've got all these memories of your dad as a human, but what if the one thing he wants to talk with you about is his career? I'm like, why would he be talking to me about his business? Because he might want to talk about some experience he had in his career and his development because he sees you being able to understand the same thing or needing that perspective as you develop in your business. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But you're, you're thinking so really like, you're, you're tuning into the, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're tuning into the client as much as you're tuning into the I tune into the spirit world. I'm letting them dictate. Okay. So the, you're because not, because what I, I don't world. do readings, but when I'm coaching somebody like in boot camp, I'm you're, tuning into them yes. as the stream. And there's all yeah. kinds of things available in that. And it's not the same thing that you do. You know, yours is very specific, but I think yours can be very um, beneficial because it's just such a specific connection that the, the person that I'm calling the client, you know, the person yeah. that's, you know, hiring yeah. you for the reading yes. that they need in the moment it's in service to them Yes, for, for what they, they're looking for. Yes. Because somebody might come in for a psychic reading and let's just stick with business. They really want help with their business, but maybe they have somebody over on the other side who was a business expert. So that person is going to come in and say, I've got a different perspective on things. Now I also have a lifetime of experience I can guide you through this moment. So then it becomes more of like a, a three-way communication. That's cool because that energy, and I, and I want to say this too, another part of my belief system is the energy of the specific persona that was them when they were in physical still exists. Sure. Oh yeah. It's just that one part. Exists. It doesn't cease to be, you know, now that they're one with source, it doesn't mean that they're not still that soul that embodied their grandfather or father or whomever, right? same as like you still have those memories in your soul of when you were five yeah. you're not still that little boy you've grown and moved um 
and psychologically there's all that inner child work that maybe there's parts of us that get stuck at certain developmental stages mm -hmm. but after we've moved on you know that that still might be energy that we're still working through but we've evolved and moved on and i will say too the spirit world can see what's been shown to me is the spirit world can see us as energetic bodies so they might see oh gosh this person is suffering on some level still and i can come in and connect with them to help ease their suffering on that one spot. So sometimes I would say like most of the time, 99% of the time, if someone's in a state of grief, it's not helpful for them to really think, oh, that person's no longer my dad. They're just this amorphous like energy thing because they're missing their dad or they're missing. Yeah, they don't, You don't want to think of them as no more and they're not no more. That version right, of them will exist right. forever in your memory of them, if nothing else. And that, that is a vibration. And that's the vibration they're wanting to connect with. So sometimes it takes a while through the grief process for the per, the humans, us, to be really ready to see that soul as continuing to evolve. Now, that's particularly true if, let's just say, somebody's passed away and you're still mad at them. <laughs> you're just mad, right? Because maybe they abused you in life. Maybe you never had a reconciliation. Maybe, maybe they never apologized for bad behavior. You don't want to see them like flitting off and having a party. You want them to like <laughs> <laughs> that's hurtful. Like, no, I want them to like pay for the pain they caused me. You know, it's very human. So yeah, that I yeah, it's very human, very ego driven to, to think of this, <laughs> you know, uh, non physical retribution. It's biblical also, oh, yeah. right? So. Right. But we, you just like, you don't want to think that. that, yeah, you just don't want, you're just not ready for that yet. Right. If you, no one wants to think Hitler's having a party in non-physical. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I think his soul is carrying probably with him all that energy of causing pain and harm to a lot of people, which we've probably all caused a lot of pain and harm to people throughout the millennia and our previous incarnations. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think it's the same in the energetic realm. It's not because that's very the judgment is very ego driven. But yeah, what was created in physical is part of their soul signature, if you will, right? Sure. And that's that was something that that person created in physical. So yes. that's an aspect of, of, of that. So it it could go yeah. either way. Probably in other physical expressions, either that could be um, you know worked out or it could just be continued. Right. That's what, I really, that's I don't, I, I don't believe per personally though, that, that an infant is born, um, just a sociopath. I've talked to Michael's a psychologist, my partner, and I've talked to him in, de in depth, you know, are sociopaths just born or are they open to such things and their can, their environment nurtures it. I think environment nurtures everything. Yeah. That's funny. Cause when you first said that, I was like, I'm sure there are a lot of, uh, parents out there who, when their kids are having a hard time, are ready to, <laughs> are probably ready to think their kids are sociopaths. Where did you that come just from? Funny well, you your your children are <laughs> an independent soul with all this other, you know, beingness or this experience coming in that isn't just yeah. tied to the parents. That's the thing. Right. But that's Especially the beauty the of it because that, that's why like, we're, yeah, we're guaranteed <laughs> contrast from our parents. And all this, you well, know, for those of you listening, if you didn't know, my father, we're recording this. My father just passed away uh, Friday. So five days ago, my father passed away and, you know, we've been talking about him a lot, getting ready for his service and all of that. And he was not, uh, the world's greatest dad. 
he's probably not going to come in now that I'm saying that. <laughs> he was not the world's greatest. He, like, he wasn't the world's most horrible dad. And I'm sorry. <laughs> what I was, uh, I was talking to my brother and he, uh, you know, he left when I was six and my brother was 11. Um, no, 10. Um, when I was six and my brother was 10, he left. He left my mother and us and he married somebody. He'd had an affair and he married somebody else. That person's now my stepmother for 48 years. And they, he had another child and his all of his attention really went to his daughter from his second marriage. And we were really secondary to all of that. And my mother whisked us away to her hometown. So we didn't grow up in the same town as him. I think that was a very good thing for us. And he wasn't that involved in our lives. And so we're talking about how to, you know, like, how are we going to navigate this memorial service that's coming up? I have nothing bad to say about my father. You know, he brought me into the world. He wasn't perfect. The experience was what it was. He delivered my contrast to me in a great dose that actually made me who I am today. My independence is because I had very disconnected parents. I love that, that I had that experience. So I don't have anything negative to say about him. I'm in complete appreciation of him. Now, am I mourning? I'm really not in mourning because I wasn't close. You know, the, the last couple of times that I've seen him, you know, we exchange a few words. I hang out for a day or two. We go out to dinner and that's kind of it. And I, I know that that's just, that's all we're capable of in our relationship. And I'm very, very at peace with that. So I don't have any mourning feelings yet, but it will be interesting to see what transpires when I'm there with my stepmother, my sister, my brother, his wife, my nephew, whom I haven't seen in well, since he was an infant. I'm going to see all these people. We're going to be in the same house for a day or two, at least, because I rented a house, you know, for everybody to stay in. And I don't know what's going to bubble up, but I'm kind of eager to right. see what's going to bubble up. I love because it. Because I love the vibrational up. basement. I love to, to flip the light yep. on down there and see what's yep. hanging out down there that I yep. haven't thought about maybe in a lifetime. Yes. And I was thinking there might be some bizarro anger, like just that, like just an anger might even be too strong of a word, but just something, like you said, something that triggers you or something in you that triggers your brother or your stepsister. And you're like, wow, what, yeah. where did that come from? It is interesting. And whatever it is, is what it is. And I'm, I'm down for it. You know, as long as I get to come <laughs> back home to the dogs and with Michael, I'm, I'm good for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a really good year. point just to be eager about that there's so many people that have relationships like you do with either parent or what's sad for me is even with a spouse and they never get divorced. They just stay in that situation or they stay in a relationship for years. And by the time the person passes away, things are resolved um, or as much as they could have been. So for you specifically in this situation, I wonder if your grief might have happened a long time ago when you were a little boy and he left. You know, you might have grieved your dad in your way over a long period of time. Yeah, I think I did. I think I did. I had to do that with my father and then later with my mother because she exited my life. Uh, you know, after I told her I was gay, she never spoke to me again for the next 20 years, the last 20 years of her life. I never interacted with yeah. her. So I had to go through that with her too, because I, I had a tumultuous relationship with her as a teenager. Yeah. And then we kind of got okay for a minute. When I started making money and I started doing things for her, suddenly we were okay yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't getting in trouble right. anymore. And I wasn't, I was a, I was definitely a problem teenager, a challenging teenager, I should say. And when I got a, you know, that little bit uh, older where I was you know doing things for her and being more of an adult with her, we kind of became friends 
it wasn't like mother son. It was just like, mm-hmm. we're friends. We, we can go to lunch. We can talk about stuff. Uh, you know, I, I um, you know, just remember having a few good months with my mom before I moved away. And then I moved away. I came out of the closet and I told her that I was gay and she hung up the phone and that was it. I waited a year to call her back and we had it out on the phone. She said I was dead to her. Don't ever call her again. And I never did after that. And so wow. that's what our relationship was for 20 years. My father, one of my most fond memories of my father, and I would not, I will not share this at the funeral uh, because I don't think people will understand it, but I think all of you will who are listening. So when I told my father that I was gay, he said, why do you want to be gay? Everybody hates gay people. <laughs> Why do you want the two to things that? I pre- I'm glad you laughed at that. The two things I appreciate about my father, sense of humor and yeah. brutal honesty, brutal honesty. I mean, you just always knew exactly what he was thinking. He didn't have a filter. He didn't care how he was a school principal for so many years. Oh my I don't gosh. know. In this day and age, he probably would not have a job being that, being that honest. <laughs> or maybe he was honest in his personal life because he had to be political in Buttoned his personal life. Yeah. But I remember that. And then after that, he said, you're still my son. I still love you. Whatever you choose to do. He said all the right things, really. Just his initial response was hilarious. And he never said another word about it ever again. I've been with three different partners, two divorces. You know, he's never said another word to me about that. Never. If he judged my life, he kept it to himself. Uh, When I I had a a really high paying corporate job, which I I think he, he probably thought I would never have that. Because I didn't, I was not a good student. I didn't go to college. I didn't do well in school. You know, my brother, and my sister, top of their class. You mm. know, my brother was an accountant. My sister's an attorney, you know, very studious. And I was the middle child. No, no, no. I'm going to get straight F. So I'm not paying attention in school. I'm dyslexic. This isn't my thing. And I got a GED. And then I started my own business though, right out of school. So I took a very different path, but I ended up falling into the corporate world and I was a corporate executive for 20 years and I made more money than my brother and my sister did. And he was really proud of that. Right. And then I quit and he didn't understand that, but he wasn't no. critical of it. And so I appreciate oh, wow. the fact that he allowed me uh, to do something that in his world, I'm sure was just stupid. He didn't he allowed understand me to do that. Yeah. He didn't understand yeah. it, but he also didn't say, this is the dumbest thing you've ever done. Or I can't believe, I know, I know he didn't get it. Like, why would you leave that yeah. job? You're making so much fun. I just can't do why it. Why would you choose to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, by the way, what is this crazy spiritual crap you're doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know they don't understand that. In fact, my stepmother has not, asked my brother to speak at my father's funeral. She did not ask me. And she's I'm okay with that. afraid of what you're going to say. She's probably and not terrified afraid, I'm going to get up like, channel or something. Yeah. And channel, right. And, and now and, we're going to bring in the I'm stream. Like, Could you imagine? Yes. And everyone's going to have to put on their tinfoil hats or something. Like, <laughs> she's probably what she's thinking. Like, the this is are be- coming through. They're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> so she probably is terrified yeah, i actually think that would be really funny <laughs> oh i do too i would Funerals. love it but i'm you know I it's my stepmother's you day you know i know she's, she's in grief this was her husband for 48 years i'm not going to go wreck her day or it's a um what religion is it my father wasn't religious until the very end very, very in July of this year, I saw him. I oh went back gosh. to his Facebook. He found God in July. <laughs> in just, in case, just in case, just in case. Little insurance <laughs> policy, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, he started, he posted, now. I accept Jesus Christ as my savior. And I went back, it was in July of this year. So three months ago, two months ago, <laughs> he uh, decided that he was going to suddenly be religious. <laughs> you know, they always say it's never too late to to accept God and be saved. So good for him. Yeah. 
Oh, good. Whatever. Whatever gives you yeah. peace in those last in those last moments. Yeah, like, and he saw. You know, there was suffering, and and if he's thinking that there's a kingdom of heaven that I'm, you know, heading toward, and, and forgiven for my sins, whatever he, he still had, you know, that he was challenged with, if anything, um, he he probably helped him in the end. If it did, great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this I'm not going to go shit all over that at his funeral. Of course not. No, I, I was thinking more of like, it's a shame that funerals or memorial services can't have more of a light hair, lighthearted, irreverent sense of humor to them. Cause I have a, well, if I ever have one, that's what I want it to be. It's same. You know, get, yes. Laugh, have a party, drink, right. do whatever you want to do. Don't, don't sit and, and mourn. But everything I'm hearing you say though, is said with a tremendous amount of respect for your father's existence and his own choices and that's why it's funny. Like, that's why some of these things are funny because. Yeah. I mean, I could get up and tell lots of funny stories about him, but they all sort yeah. of incriminate him as not a perfect person <laughs> or incriminate my stepmother because the kindness that I saw in him was usually, uh, was, was one time my stepmother was really nasty to me and it was uncalled for. And, you know, I, I saw the hurt in his eyes and I, that was a time that I felt, well, oh, my father really loves me. He's hurt that his yeah. wife is treating it. He didn't intervene. But he's hurt that his wife is treating his son this way. And yeah. I saw that. And that was kind of all. And I left. I packed my stuff and left immediately when that happened. But I saw that. And that was something. And I, I never shared that with anybody until now. Mm. And I told my brother. I told Michael, my brother, and now you and anyone that's listening. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a nice time. Just, you know, even though she was being nasty to me, he and she's not a nasty person at all. Uh, but she definitely was in this moment. Yeah. She was down her spiral, as we say. But mm -hmm. I saw the look on his face and I read it immediately that he's really hurt that his son's being treated like this. Yeah. At a time that I was really, really, you know, had nowhere to go and nothing, nothing going on in life. It was like 20 yeah. when it happened. Mm -hmm. So that, that was nice. That was really nice. But my father had a great sense of you. I've told the story on here before where we went to visit him uh, back in 2021. And it's the first time Michael met him. And I've told him the stories about how my father and stepmother are, how they favor my sister and all this stuff. So my father answers the door and turns his head and said, Oh, did we remember to put the picture of David up? That's how he, that's how Michael was introduced to him. I and love that. <laughs> and sure enough, there was a frame on the fireplace with, you could tell it was printed on just a piece of, of paper from the printer of me. And it was so strategically placed on the fireplace. I'm like, Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> that's awesome. But at least he, he joked about it. You know, I, I enjoyed the joke. More than me not having Absolutely. a picture, a picture. Of Absolutely. Me in his house. Oh yeah. That's so, yeah, he was a funny just... guy. He was a very, very funny yeah. guy. Yeah. But again, that's... I say those things and it makes him sound kind of like an asshole, but no. you know, it's done with a great wasn't. deal of reverence. So yeah. I, I want to mention something too, because Michael in a relatively short period of time has lost both of his parents as well. And, uh, you know, is this a lot of times one loss will bring up and other people like they're another round of grief. Yeah. Another well, layer, still, another, he like, was an only child and very close yeah. to his parents. His father and passed in July of last year. Obligated to his parents. So I'm just oh, going to yeah. say that Michael felt very, uh, just very obligated to take care of. Yeah. Them. Well, they weren't highly functioning adults <laughs> and he was, <laughs> and and he's he a is. very accomplished yeah. man and he takes, he's a caregiver for He said he always mm -hmm. was. That yeah. from a child, he always remembered having to take care of his mother and then, then his father later in life. And he very, very obligated to their care. In fact, he moved them in to yeah. our home. We, we actually purchased a home that they could live in. 
and they had a wing in, in our house and that's how it was at the end. His father died three weeks after we moved in, unfortunately. And then his mother died in December after the, the fire. Yeah. So I think, and th this is just between us yeah. <laughs> and then the, the few thousand people that listen to this podcast, a uh, hundred thousand people actually. Um, yeah. I, I don't ever, I get a statistic thing every, um, every Sunday and I don't really look at it that much, but the other day yeah. I just, Oh, I wonder who's listening. I'm like, wow, lots of people are That's still awesome. listening. That's great. Yay. So my, um, my concern, I'm not really concerned because his experience is what it is, but the only concern I would have, I, he did not have a funeral for his parents because they're out here in California. They didn't know anybody out here. It happened so quickly. You know, his father passed, we did something private at home. His mother passed. And the house had just burned down. We were living in a hotel, you know, when she passed. Yep. And it just worked out that we didn't really have a service for them. Yeah. I think this service is going to bring all that up for him. Yep. Yep. And the closure bit or lack of closure, all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because their family's back in New Jersey. They weren't close, you know, to anyone. Yeah. And they didn't know anybody here. They weren't affiliated with a church here or anything. And he just decided to do something very private. I think being at a funeral service, my father taught in this town where his funeral is happening for 40 years. So it's going to be attended. There's going to be yeah. people there that, that are going to, you know, that my father is beloved to these people. So I think that's going to bubble up a lot of stuff for him. There is a sense of closure that comes with that. I will share too that just my own experience memorial services don't always give you closure because sometimes there's too much grief and too much leftover emotion. It's got to take years and years and the service doesn't really help with that. Um, it's one step in the grief process, but I, so I had, I've had a lot of close people pass in my life, but for me, uh, when I was a teenager, my boyfriend committed suicide and I noticed over the years, anytime else I heard of another suicide, especially a male, I, it brought everything up and it started bringing things up in weird ways, weird way. I would get obsessed, like obsessed of knowing every fact, what happened with that passing. And what I was trying to do was get a grip on my own grief. And I, I want to share that because if our listeners, if that happens, even if it's not a traumatic passing, but it's, you just find yourself kind of reacting in an oddball way it's actually totally normal and there's a you lot think it's like, i was gonna say is it your ego wanting to re-experience it so it brings things up out of your vibrational basement yep. that you might totally love it. absolutely i love, I love how happen, that, that function absolutely and it'll happen over time you might be 20 years and think okay that's a that's a memory now i've gone through all the therapy i've done all the healing i've done all this and 20 years and something <laughs> comes up out of that cellar crawling up i'm looking forward to it because that stuff just drags your it, vibe down and if it's down there and you're ignoring and it it's you don't still know there. about it it's still so there. one of the things i did i i got so bored with myself in my reaction to male suicide that I finally sat down and I wrote a full on essay about it, everything that I could ever possibly want to think, write, do, and then I've never showed it to anybody, but I got it out. Ironically, I'm working on a book right now and that essay is going to go in the book, but I just want to share that with people that this situation with Michael, even though your relationship with your parents is so different, he might have a psychological, emotional, response. Yeah. Well, parents' unexpected. funeral, he'll be there in the middle of yep. it. I, I think he, he will. Yep. 
and you'll have and no place to go home and, and cry in private because we're staying right. with everybody. You're staying <laughs> with everybody. So we'll go to the I just, beach. we're I, staying at the beach. He loves the beach. He can go out to the beach and, and be alone. And cause I know he would want to do that alone. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just think a lot of listeners are going to be able to relate to this, these scenarios. And I, I yeah. just see over and over and over again with the grief process, most people are ashamed of what comes up in their grief process and they don't realize how normal it is. Yeah. That's how a good normal point. it is. Well, and that's why low vibration exists. You know, we're taken down for a reason to experience what's there, what pain, mm -hmm. what hurt, what trauma is there. And we're taught to, oh, no, 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 you're not allowed to do that. You know, get, even in spiritual circles. In fact, oh, when yeah. I started Taya, the, the, I, the idea was raise your vibe, raise your vibe, raise your vibe. But I, I tried to make it clear that, that doesn't mean that you're never allowed to go down. Now I've evolved yep. to you know, let it all happen naturally, work on the stuff as you go move through lower vibration yeah. flow that pops up. And what a gift it is that that stuff pops up. I believe that we're taught in the matrix that the low vibe stuff is bad. Right. And it's not. It's not. It's just duality and it just is. And until we yeah. really embrace that and kind of wallow as much as you need to until it's done. And then you realize in my experience, if I, if I allow myself to really I like how you're using go down in the basement, really get down there and wallow, I pop back up fast. But if I ignore it or just keep shoving it under because my brain says, well, you shouldn't be behaving like this. You shouldn't feel like this. You should just step it up, suck it up, buttercup guess what? It stays down there and then just grows yeah. and festers. Yeah. The vibrational basement, you do, it doesn't just clear out on its own. You, you've got, yeah. to, you've got to do a little work and, mm -hmm. and I, I detune through appreciation. That's what I teach everybody, you know, shine the light of source on it, which is appreciation of everything and realize yeah. that if it didn't kill you, it made you stronger. Essentially, if it didn't, if it didn't end you and nothing yeah. does, if it right. didn't end you, then it's there to teach you something and may, and, and I, I like to think of it in terms of you're becoming a more sophisticated version of yourself and the having of the experience. I now know what it's like for my father to die. Yeah. It took me 55 years to find that out. And now I know what it's like not to have a parent alive. Michael found yeah. that out last year. I'm yeah. finding it out now. I know what it's like to have no relationship with my mother. I know what it's like to be you know abused as a child. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know what it's like to be screwed over in business. I know what it's like to, yeah. you know, gain and lose weight because I do that easily. I know, you know, I know what it's like. I understand. I have empathy and yeah. understanding of my fellow humans because I, I know what that experience is. And I think that expansion of consciousness, in fact, I know this, that's why we're here in physical anyway. Right. And our desires give us expansion of consciousness. Yes, I want to climb that mountain. I want to do that thing. And there's, there's things that we desire. But I think we get even more expansion of consciousness in our darkness. Yeah, I think so too. So I, something that might pop up, uh, the reason I think there might be things still in my vibrational basement that I'm not aware of even, even though I've really worked on the basement. Um, years ago, when I first met Matt Garden, you know, Matt, who's on my podcast yeah. all the time. When I first met him, he was really interest, intrigued by me and channeling and loved the stream, still loves the stream. He gave me a session. He had hired some, you know, really expensive, well-known psychic medium. You probably know him, but I don't know his name. Uh, and said, I'm going to give you one of my sessions. These sessions are really expensive. I'm going to give you one. I, I'm interested to have him talk to you. I want him to, to tell me what you're all about. Uh -huh. So I said, okay, uh, I'll do, I'll do one of these sessions. Why not? I haven't done a psychic ses session since, you know, Hazel Burley in 2002. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, fine. 
So I did the session and I wasn't, I was expecting it to be about the stream. And this guy is like, Oh, Oh, I'm like, what? He says, you hate your father. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't hate my father. What are you talking about? I've done all this detuning of my father. No, no, no. There's something down there. You hate your father. You really hate your father. And until you clear that out, you know, all these things that you want to do with the stream is never going to really materialize until you really clear that stuff out. And I just didn't feel it at the time, but I've had mediumship readings where at the time they didn't make sense and in yep. time they did. For sure. Yep. And I, I realized that that's, even if it's, you know, a decade or more, um, I'm open to that because I realized that yep. I, you know, Hazel told me things that didn't, that came true years and years later. And then yep. it hit me that, oh, wow, she told me that. That's it's, right. Yep. Yeah. You can't just that's, expect instant gratification in this yeah. medium, no pun intended. No, that's the, yeah, that's the brilliance of the spirit world though, too, or your higher self. They're planting a droplet that later on you'll realize what that. Yeah. Well, they're not operating meant. in linear time. That's a no. human thing that we're experiencing things in linear, but yeah. The other thing I would note is that there's only so much work we can go in with our own intention and do ourselves. We kind of have to be triggered. Otherwise, every single time we go into the basement and clean, aren't we always going to go kind of just clean the same spots? For yeah, I call two? it vibrational <laughs> dust. There's always vibrational <laughs> dust. You know, there's always something. No, I'll go get the dust we're, we're never done with the work. We don't clean out the but, basement and have it empty. If we do that, I think we die. Right. I think when but, you, if you get to a point where your vibrational basement is empty, then there's no reason to be in physical anymore. You will right. take yourself out of, of life. Right. Out of physical but my, life. My, men do this, I think, a little bit more than women, I think. I'm not sure. But for instance, like we have a bunch of friends who go to the gym and they always do their chest presses and their short because this is what, you know, they want to work on their chest and their abs yeah. or whatever. And skip so like uh, several skip, skip <laughs> like all the legs and skip all the stretching. But man, they've got oh, yeah. a great looking upper body. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I, I, I have had a, I have a very well developed upper body and sometimes chicken legs, you know, unless I really work <laughs> that because leg day sucks. It does suck. We have a lower stretching. back problem. Leg day really is impossible, but leg, leg day yeah. does suck because you're working out so many muscles. It's very painful. So it's but easy the, to get lazy and skip leg day. See, it's the same with going into the basement though. You're going to go in and do the same stuff all the you're time. That's the why I think stuff. sometimes we need to be triggered with, you yeah. know, putting ourselves voluntarily in a pressure cooker with our brothers and sisters we haven't seen for a long time. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, now I, that I you've totally your intention. To and, like, yeah. Well, I have, you know, I'm all about detuning fear. What am I afraid of? You know, what am I afraid of right. spending a few days in the house with these people? Whatever happens, happens. Yep. You know, whatever happens, happens. We're not going to, you know, kill each other or anything like that. So, you know, it's just, if something bubbles up, then something bubbles up. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe I, I would be, it would be interesting to see. And I will come back on this podcast and share with all of you if something bubbles up and then I'll ask Matt the name of that guy and go yeah. back and say, okay, <laughs> years later, you were, you were correct. You know, there was, there was some hatred for my father. That Here's I, how it, I don't feel it. And if I do feel it, this is the time that's going to come up, I think. So do you know what is also striking me? Cause we use the word forgiveness um, several times. And in my experience, I don't think you can just decide one day, oh, I've forgiven this behavior. I think one day through your own self-work, you wake up and you realize, oh. Yeah, that it's deep. I'm that's no longer, deep I'm, you do it over time. It's done. Then one day it's and, done, but you don't know it's done until you know it's done. You You're right. don't. And really then you might still not be forgiving yourself for being either a victim or a child or helpless or all these other things that can go along with stuff or not speaking up for yourself. Um, and one day that might be let go too. 
Yeah. I did a podcast, not long, episode of the stream of David not long ago, um, where I talked about love the game. You love mm. the game of detuning, love the game of up and down your spiral, love the game of, you know, evolving your thinking because you're never done. No. And don't, don't look for a finish line to be done. You know, this concept of I'm enlightened now and I'm done. Uh, I love it when people say this is their last lifetime. I'm like, oh, you're, you're so enlightened that you think it's your last lifetime. Right. And you're just all done with having to be human. Well, they're still demonizing being human. I'm like, well, if you're demonizing being human, you've got a lot more physical, you know, ahead of you. And I don't think it ever ends. I think we project into physical eternally to, because why Somewhere else do we even exist? Right. Yeah. How, right. How, this is how we expand our consciousness and expansion of consciousness is really what it's all about. What it's all about. Yeah. Uh, I think there's the other thing that's been coming up a lot lately for me, there is this, I think we get tired of experiences. So we're like, can I just coast for a little bit? (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to keep expanding my consciousness. I want to just lay on the beach or something, figuratively speaking. But I think too, there is in terms of development, um, you go through these periods of time where you're like working, working, working. And am I good enough? Am I doing am I enough? Am I enough? And suddenly you reach a plateau or over time you reach a plateau and you do want, your soul wants to rest. And then a little thought starts coming in. Am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? Should I still keep doing like, I don't know, something will come in. They're like, wait, am I allowed to rest? Am I doing, am I doing enough for my consciousness? Am I doing enough? And that's just an interesting thing that's popped up for me a lot lately. And well, I did that last year. I, I got, um, you know, after we remodeled the house and my ego was fighting saying, no, 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 you don't have time for this. You know, your business is exploding. You've got to, you know, really focus on Taya and the stream and all this stuff. And and then uh, January of 2022 rolled around and all of that just really slowed down. It's like boot camp kind of ground down, not to a complete halt close. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I did an event in LA and it was really well attended. It was a fantastic event. I thought, okay, we're going to do all these events and all this yeah, stuff. I remember. It, it just never happened after that. And Michael said, you know, why don't you set all that stuff aside and realize that I need your help now. I need you mm. to work on this house. You're yep. right, You know, I've remodeled lots of houses. I, I know how to do all that stuff. Yeah. I need you to remodel the house. I need your help with my parents. And that was like, oh, my ego. My ego is thinking, uh, man, I have to be paying the bills and I yeah. have to be, you know, generating income and I can't, you know, stop grinding. And yes. I just said, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it's what I need to do. So I did spend time doing that. I made peace with it. And then at the end of the year, uh, September, October, uh, I had really gotten, I put on weight. I let my beard go snow white, uh, which is its natural state these days, but it's snow white, not gray. If it were cool, steel gray, I'd love it, but it's not. It's like grandpa steel, snow white. So, you know, and I'll, if you go back on my YouTube channel, you can see I was like 30 pounds heavier than I am now. My beard was snow white. I was just chill doing the podcast. Didn't care about anything. Wasn't really talking about boot camp. Um, my, and I kind of turned into like a, not to be sexist, but, you know, kind of the stereotype of like a housewife, you know, <laughs> what's for dinner tonight? What time's cocktail hour? What are we, you know, and I just, I just did that. I was living in the beautiful house. What's for dinner tonight was the only thing on my mind. I can you sleep t- if you, I want. Your soul took a, a vacation. Oh yeah. Your soul just, needed to I, rest and recharge. I just enjoyed the house and the dogs and yeah. helped out. You know, we had caregivers taking care of his parents. So I wasn't, I was somewhat involved in that, but I wasn't hands-on involved in that most of the time. Yeah. 
And so that was my existence. And I went on a podcast. I went on LOA Today and told Walt Theason, who hosts that, I'm really bored. And mm. shortly after that, the house burned down. <laughs> oh no the universe is like we were waiting yeah <laughs> no. you're bored we're gonna we're gonna upset this boredom then boom house burns down yep. so and that really uh no pun intended lit a fire under me after yeah. that because the way i processed the house burning gave me a whole new level of appreciation for taya that wow yeah. i can sit here and watch my house burn and not be freaked out and just i was sitting there saying this is what we're doing now yep Okay, this is what we're, that's my new thing. This is what we're doing now. Whatever it is, uh, my father's in ICU, my father's on life support. This is what we're doing yeah. now. Yeah. None of that should not be stuff for me. Detuning the should not be. That's well, huge. tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, if And we'll put it in the, the notes also. So there'll be a link to find yeah. Andrea. My website is the best place to go. AndreaStAmon.com. A-N-D-R-E-A-S-A-I-N-T-A-M-A-N-D.com. Very good. And there will be links in the notes. And if you ever are listening to this podcast somewhere where you can't find the notes, if you go to the streamofdavid.com and go to the podcast page, everything is there. Every podcast episode, all the notes, all the links, everything is always there. So you can find her there. Uh, if you're not remembering off the top of your head, how to spell her name. Yes, Andrea, thank awesome. you so much for being on. It's always fun to have you this time of year. Thank you. Uh, and we never know what we're going to talk about. So I love how I, I want to hear about the seance and I'll share about the funeral. Yes. And if I found out that I secretly hate my father or not, we'll see. <laughs> it's safe to come out. That's okay. right. Come on up, bubble up, whatever the negative, the low vibe energy is. Just come on out because we're going to, we're going to deal with this right now, right here at the beach house with the, fam Bring with it. the family. That's right. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. This episode doesn't have to end here. You can join us over on Patreon for the roundtable discussion of everything the stream shared today and how to apply it in your life. Join us at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. I hope to see you over there.